It's the Go Gopher Podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number 24. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and welcome back to the podcast. I couldn't be more excited for you to hear our Go Gopher Podcast this week. We're talking football and food and more. Golden Gopher senior linebacker Mariano Sori Marin from suburban Chicago is my guest, and wow, is this a good one. Sori Marin gives us the rundown of the offseason and looks ahead to the 2022 campaign. We'll talk football. He's also a self-admitted foodie. He's visited nearly 100 different restaurants in the Twin Cities, and he'll give us some reviews. And to top it off, Mariano will give us the incredible story of how his dad got to the United States from Cuba. Back in the 1960s. It's a compelling discussion that we'll dig deeper into at a later podcast as well. But for today, it's Football and Food, Episode 24. You're going to love it. Our Go Gopher podcast is presented by alumni-owned Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone. And True North M&A serves companies with revenue up to $150 million. Get a confidential, no-cost, no-obligation business valuation today. Make the most of your life's work. Visit Visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. Our podcast is also brought to you by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland at champlininsurance.com. Tony loves Golden Gopher football. We invite you to subscribe to the podcast. It's free to click the subscribe button, and you can listen for free at any time. You can also go back to listen to previous podcasts. That includes last week's show, which was one of my favorite interviews of all time. Al Nolan's helping his hometown of Minneapolis in a great way. You can go back and listen to that one. I'd also invite you to offer feedback on our podcast and share or retweet links to the Go Gopher podcast so others can find out about the show and listen for free. When we come back, we're talking football and food with Mariano Sori Marin. We'll get his top 10 restaurants of Minnesota and more. But first, a word from Tony. Hey, Gopher fans, this is your State Farm agent, Tony Hoagland. We are super excited to be part of the new Mike Grimm Show on Talk North. For the year of 2022, we will be donating $10 to the University of Minnesota Children's Masonics Hospital for everyone that calls our office or checks in with us online and mentions that they heard about us on Talk North and the Mike Grimm Show. We are really excited again that Mike came on board with Talk North. You can reach us at 763-421-4900. You can find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Again, 763-421-4900. Or find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Roll the boat, Sky Yuma, go Gophers. It's episode 24 of the Go Gopher podcast. We're going to talk some Gopher football and some food. Mariano Sori Marin, Golden Gopher linebacker, with us here for our episode number 24. Good to see you, sir. Good to see you. Thank you for having me. Uh, we're going to talk football. We're going to talk some food. You're, I didn't know this until recently. You're a big foodie. You love to go out to eat, grade some restaurants. So uh, we'll invite our listeners to stick around for that part of it a little later on. Perfect. Yeah, growing up in the city of food, uh, I would love to share some football and food, my two favorite Fs. So. This would be great. Yeah, this would be awesome. Well, let's first talk about football. We're uh, in the middle, I guess, or maybe just the start of the summer. I know summer school has started for some of you guys. I don't know. Maybe you already got a degree. You don't have to take classes in the summer. But what is your summer like right now? Yeah, no, I did I did uh, graduate last fall with my finance degree, but I'm still taking classes. So I, uh, I started my sports management master. 
And no, I'm back in class with with all the old heads, Tanner, <laughs> Thomas Rush. You know, we're still in class together. So, and then you know the football aspect, we're we're doing summer conditioning workouts, player practices, and this is really a time where the players get to take control of the team. And coaches are on the road recruiting. They they're, they're dealing with camps, recruiting camps, and uh, this is when the players really come together and and take control of the team heading into fall camp. Yeah, PJ has talked about that a lot. That uh, you know the great teams are player led, the medium kind of mediocre teams or coaches led and then the teams that really struggle don't have any leaders at all so how much do you as an old head as you like to say um, take it upon yourself to make this a player-led team now particularly this time of year for sure yeah we always talk about that the unrequired separates us and that's really where the players come in because at the end of the day every college team in the country is doing summer conditioning they're doing workouts they're lifting and everybody's on an even playing field there. So when you're talking about, you know, making a difference and separating from the other teams, it's the unrequired work. It's the player-led practices, running smoothly, getting the most out of it. It's the extra film session, things like that, where maybe the coaches aren't there and it's run by the older guys in the position room. So when we talk about the unrequired work, that's what makes the difference in the fall. You, uh, I know we had a gopher talk earlier this year, earlier in the spring, where you talked about, I think the theme at that point was break the boring. Break, break the boring. And that's still the theme going into yeah. the summer. Because the summer can be, you know, human nature will tell us that the summer's boring. It's, you know, we're we're getting up. You, you know, it's summer. You want to? You'd rather be on the lake. You're getting up at six thirty in the morning to do a workout. Probably not the, you know, the most thing the something you want to do. But when we talk about breaking the board, that's players getting together and saying this is what needs to be done to be, you know, to have the success in the fall that we're looking for. And then, is there two time when you try to break the boring? Hey, we got our work in. There's some time for fun just to get away from it too. Oh, is for that sure, balance, you know, for sure. And that's that's the connection part of this whole thing. And we talk our second, you know, theme is for each other, and and that's getting together outside the building. So you're 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 together with your work. You're connecting on that level, and you know, on the weekend, if guys are getting together on Lake Minnetonka on a boat, that's another thing where you can just bond and and really connect with your teammates. You had some teammates down to Chicago. You said uh, last was it last month? It was last yeah. last May. I had a few of the guys down and. Uh, got to show them the city and you know I'll, I'll talk about some of the food we we got to deal with <laughs> yeah. later but yeah you know it's just doing small trips things like that memories lasting memories that you'll you'll have the rest of your life with your teammates what is a typical week this time of year for a gopher football player what kind of things like just kind of quickly uh, take me through what a sunday through a saturday might look like yeah so we'll i'll start with monday so monday and tuesday so Monday is speed and conditioning, and then any recovery that you're doing on your own. And then we'll also get with coaches, do small walkthroughs, uh, film sessions, things like that. Tuesday is a conditioning day, lift and conditioning, less on the field with coaches, and this is more. That's where we have a player practice. Wednesday is our recovery type day where we're doing Zen, yoga, you know, soft tissue work, things like that. Thursday is another speed day. Um, and lift. And then Friday's our big conditioning day. We'll have another player practice. And then Saturday and Sunday are off during the summer. Yeah, that, that gets you a little uh, recharging, I suppose, sure. after, after the week. Um, how much can you tell a difference, uh, maybe as you've gone through your career, what this summertime means in terms of maybe strength gains, speed gains, those kind of things? Yeah, I mean, it's this leading into the season and leading into fall camp, it's really important to 
pay attention to your body weight, pay attention to the things you're putting in your body and pay attention to your conditioning. Cause once fall camp rolls around, it's full go and, and there's no time to get adjusted. So that first week of fall camp is really our hardest working week. And if you're not in shape and if you're not ready, it's going to be difficult to get the gains that you need. So it's really important that during the summer, you're paying attention to those types of things. So come fall camp, you're prepared and ready to take off. When it is a player led team, do you find at this time of year too, that um, there is a positive peer pressure, so to speak, that you don't want to let your teammates down. So yeah, I'm going to be at the weight room at 7am or whatever it is. That's exactly it. And it's just holding each other accountable. And, you know, sometimes if a guy isn't where they need to be, we'll get together as a team and tell them that. And and that's taking coaching. And the players are really, really good about that. And, and that's what makes us, you know, an elite team. That's what separates the good teams from the elite teams is are you able to take coaching from not just your coaches, but from from the older guys on the team. How much, uh, I know there's rules in terms of how much you guys can see the the regular coaches, the position coaches, the head coach, as opposed to maybe the strength and conditioning staff and all of that. So how much uh, maybe during a typical week do you actually get to sit down with either Joe Rossi or, or whoever else and, and, and go through things or, or even have a, a on, on grass kind of stuff? Yeah, I, I know the rules have changed this summer, which allowed for individual periods. They've allowed for times uh, walk, walkthroughs with no balls and things like that so I think it's about two hours a week on average and the rest of the time is is the players and uh you know I can get, sit down with coach Rossi what do we what do we need to work on what didn't we do well in that walkthrough and I can take the defense through that through what coach Rossi essentially would and I can get back to him and you know get that feedback and continue to learn and do the defense without them actually being there on the grass with us I th- you know I think about summer workouts I think most of us think oh well you know you get the ball and Tanner Morgan's out there and you run receivers out and everything and I'm sure that happens but as a linebacker or as a defensive tackle or some, how do you get better are there a lot of things that don't involve the ball or do you guys get together and, and try to scrimmage or captain practice that too oh for sure there's a lot of things that don't involve the ball and and one of the things is alignment and assignment and that's the biggest thing like on defense you know the offense breaks a formation they we could get anything on any 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 given play so a big thing about defenses is getting lined up and getting set uh so that there's not busts so there's not broken down coverages things like that so a lot of the time right now is just getting those alignment assignments so that you cannot make a mistake like to the point where it's not like you, you you got it pretty good. You got it so that you're at the point where you do not make a mistake. So come fall camp, we can just do football and we don't have to worry about, okay, what is my assignment? What's the check here? No, we already know that. Now it's coaching technique, coaching the actual fast play of football. How much to now you have uh, freshmen that enroll early, you have the, the transfer portal has become a big thing as well, where you now have some newcomers uh, where maybe they're trying to get up to speed. How important is that for the older guys too to, to get those guys up to speed fast enough that when the first week of August hits, they're ready to roll too. For sure. And, and we put that on the positional leaders. And, you know, if that's spending extra time in the film room, just sitting down, uh, going through the playbook with them, you know, just getting the guys prepared is is essential because, like I said, we don't want to spend time going over what our assignment is come fall camp. We want to actually play football, and that's what everybody wants to do. So that's that's the quickest way to get where you want to go is to just know your job, and then we can coach football. Have you noticed, too, I would guess, uh, as, as a coaching staff tries to build a program, um, and P.J. does things his own way, right? I mean, there's things that, that he has outside the box thinking where maybe your first year, you think about any coaching staff's first year, nobody knows what's going on. You're all kind of freshmen. Now, you were 
we're in at an early stage. How much more now? Because I would guess that each year there's more guys that know what the coaching staff expects. So are you at a point now where this thing is almost uh, running like a machine? For sure. I mean, because I'm at the point where I've been through now four of right. these, or this will be my fifth coming up. So guys know when guys know what's going on, it, it makes the operation run a lot smoother. And then it's just teaching the young guys and the transfers exactly how we do things. Because we're not like everybody else. And transfers come from other schools and they do things, you know, they're the way they do them and we do them the way we do them. And right, wrong, or indifferent, you know, that's how we do it. And that's how we've had success in the past. So we just have to demand it and teach it at an early point in the summer. That way, the entire summer, we're, we're able to master it. And then come fall camp, it's it's like second nature to us. Talk about breaking that boring. How um, how much, how tough is it to not just want it to be September the 1st right now? You, you just have to know understand the process. You yeah. know, when, when we talk about where we are as a defense. If we were to play a game today, we wouldn't be prepared. But for whatever day it is in June, we're we're at that point and we just have to continue to take the next right step. So mistakes are going to be made in the walkthrough coming up this week. That's part of the process. That's part of the learning process. But we have to understand that it's not acceptable. So each day we have to work to get a little bit better and better. That way, come September 1st, we're prepared because we, we know that, you know, we want to play football, but there's there's things that have to be done before that. You mentioned you've been around the block here. So what are some things individually maybe this offseason, knowing that you had a really good year last year, maybe in the back of your mind, you're like, I need to work on this and this and this so that next year it's even a, a tick better than it was last year? Yeah, my biggest thing, just talking with Coach Rossi was my pass coverage and then finishing plays. And that comes down to film study um, that comes down to just small details and technique and, and drops and things like that and then as an older guy too a big thing is just focusing on my body um, I've, I've seen and played a lot of football so just staying healthy not getting banged up that way come the season I can last as you know throughout the entire year healthy and that's just staying on the body with extra recovery extra stretching yoga getting in the hot tubs things like that that just will will make this season you know, last longer. Let me ask you a couple things about last year. Um, I, I think we talked about this in our previous interview, the, the Wisconsin game. Uh, I mean, what a moment. It was so fun. Uh, crowd rushes the field. The students are down there. Old people are down there. The ax is getting passed around. How how much of a highlight has that been for your time here? Oh, it's, it's incredible. And just to see, you know, coming from Chicago, I, I didn't fully understand what the ax meant, but becoming a Golden Gopher, you know, you, you truly know what it means after after living it for a few years. And, you know, just to do that for the state of Minnesota has been such a tremendous opportunity. And just to see the joy that it's put on the faces of all the fans and brought people together. You know, fo- we were away for a while with COVID-19 and, you know, there weren't fans in the stands. And it was a little bit difficult as a player. But when you're able to finally come together and pack the, you know, the bank and get the fans storming the field it's it's awesome and just to see everybody come together that's what you do it for and that's what it's all about I think back to that game too and and the Gophers were an underdog uh, at home, Wisconsin was playing to get to Indianapolis, and yet you guys pretty much controlled the game. I mean, they uh, got a pick six. That was really their only touchdown. You guys shut down uh, Oliver, the running back. And, I mean, t- kind of take us through that game plan and what was the key to to, to, to being a, a complete game. Yeah, we always just talk about playing together. And, and if you look at the beginning of that football game, and we've breaking that we've broken that down. And you know, the first time the defense came on the field, we were already down. And if you look at that first drive, there was a third down where we stopped them at the line. They gave them the first down. We stopped them. We got a roughing the passer. There was 
constant things where it could have been, could have gone either way. But we bowed up as a defense. We came together. We responded to that adversity, and then everybody remembers the outcome. But when you look at all the bad things, and I say bad things with quotations because some people could have responded differently. They could have put their head down, and it could have gone. The game could have gone a whole different way. But we responded each and every play, and we were able to come out on top, just playing together for each other. When you see a guy like that running back Oliver, um, big guy, young guy, but big um, as a as a linebacker, uh, what's it take to be able to say, "Look, I'm not going to be intimidated. I'm going to go stick my helmet on his knee, and we're gonna we're gonna make a tackle here." Yeah, it's it's all about just trusting your training, trusting your technique, and uh, you know when you're tackling a guy like that technique is everything because they will break tackles and you saw it you know he's a fierce runner he's a really good running back he might be gone if he breaks a tackle right? oh he's gone he's gone for <laughs> sure so we just talked about tackling him low and and getting him around the, the waist and legs and bringing him to the ground we were able to do that the entire game so that that was our game plan and we were able to execute it then you got the win in the bowl game which of course you know in the grand scheme of things what does it matter i don't know but it, it it's got to be leave a good taste in your mouth heading into the offseason. You beat a Big 12 team. I thought controlled that. I think it was 18-6 was the final. It could have been 30-6. to You know, I mean, I thought you guys controlled that one as well. For sure. And, and, the, and the bowl games are so much fun because it's really a celebration of the season. We get to come together as a team, you know, off campus and spend a week together, going out to restaurants, doing team activities, volunteering together. And then just to win that final game and send, uh, you know, the seniors out, with a victory, it's just awesome. And it's really just a cap on the season, and, and it springboards us into the, to the next year. All right, i got to ask you maybe a touchy question here. Is it, does, it, does it eat at you that you haven't won Floyd of Rosedale yet? For sure. For well, sure. How do, you, how do you go about, one, trying to get that done this year? They're in, they're in our place this year. Um, and do you think about it every day? You know, we think about the process every day. And yeah. We know what it's going to take to win that football game, and it starts with today. Because if you're thinking about that game day, then you'll you'll lose focus on today. So getting better in the walkthrough, getting better in my lift, getting better in, in my recovery, those are all small details. If you stack them on top of each other, come that game, you'll be prepared. And that's what it's going to take, focusing on today, not on that day. And I know, again, long-term for the coming season, you guys want to end up at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, that game might have something to say about it. So you could you know, really kind of knock out a double dose of things there, right? For sure. And, and we talk about that's our vision. And we, we, we remind ourselves of the vision multiple times throughout the offseason, but, but the main focus is, is today. And that's how you have to go about it because you'll get distracted. You'll, you'll keep thinking about, you know, things that are outside your control. That game is outside my control, you know, sitting right here today. But what is inside my control is what am I going to do after this? Am I going to go do some extra stu film study? Am I going to go do some extra recovery? That's inside my control today. And I know if I do those things to the best of my ability and everybody on the team you know, does that together, we'll have no problem come the season. Uh, one more thing I'll ask about, which will continue to distract you here for the moment. I know it's it's important now, but you get so many cool opportunities as a Big Ten player, particularly at Minnesota. You've got, as we mentioned, the axe, you've got the pig, you've got, other, you know, the jug, although that hasn't been, you know, uh, you haven't been able to compete for that very often. Right. Um, now, this coming year, you're also going to have a chance to play at Penn State for the whiteout. They've named the Minnesota game the whiteout. One, unique opportunity. Two, that'll present a, a pretty good challenge for, uh, for the maroon and gold. For sure. And, um, you know, you, you talk about experiences that you'll never forget. And, you know, I, I look at when Penn State came here. I look at when we went to Wisconsin in 2018 and won the X. That whiteout game will be a game that I'll never forget. And, uh, you know, growing up, that was 
that was always one of the cool games that I loved to watch on TV. So to, to be able to play in that is a great opportunity. And like I said, focusing on today. So when that day does finally come, we're prepared for it. And I'm, I'm really excited for all for our entire schedule, especially that one too. And, you know, these are just moments and memories that you'll get to last forever with your teammates. And, and you'll look back on it in 20 years, like remember the whiteout game? And you'll be like, for sure. You, you, won't, you won't forget any details of that. You guys have been good on the road too. What what has been kind of a key uh, to, to to playing? Really, you've been. I mean, when you look at the the record over the last handful of years, throw out some of those weird COVID games where you didn't have everybody and everything else. It, you guys have been good home and road. What what do you think is is part of the process there? Is it the? I know that uh, sometimes people will mock PJ's idea of you know one championship game every week. But I do think that's a factor, right? Where oh, you guys sure. can flush last week and focus on this week? For sure. And, and if you just completely – we don't completely forget about it. We learn from it. And that's what we talked about with the one-game championship seasons. You take what you learned from last game and you apply it to the next one. And when it comes to playing on the road, we just talk about that the circumstance doesn't dictate our behavior. It doesn't matter if we're at a high school stadium, if we're playing in the whiteout, if we're playing at home. We're going to bring our culture with us. And, you know, we block out, we, we do our best to block out the fans, all those things. And, you know, we train in chaotic environments. You come to one of our practices, the music's blaring, everybody's running around. If you're a fan, you probably have no idea what is going on. The horn will blow, somebody will be waving a flag, and everybody's sprinting everywhere. That's th- those situations. That chaos is what trains us to play in any situation. Yeah, I, I always say that if somebody just dropped in and and was a football fan, new football maybe, but hadn't been to a practice and watched it, they'd be like, "They this coaching staff might not know what the heck they're doing here. They look very unorganized." But it's highly organized, right? I mean, that's oh, the whole by design. It's it's extremely organized, and the, the amount of time that the coaches and volunteers and GAs put into scripting a practice like that yeah. is incredible. I mean, it takes hours upon hours just to script a single practice. And I remember, you know, when I was visiting as a senior, when I was committed, I was watching this thing. I, my jaw dropped. I'm like, holy <laughs> moly, like, how is this going on right now? And then as a player, you finally realize, like, how much work that the coaches put in to script a practice like that. And then for the players to go out and execute it and everything to run smoothly, it's it's a phenomenal operation. Yeah, phenomenal. It, and, and there are open practices, so I'd always encourage if there's a chance for uh, fans to come and watch uh, either in the in the fall or uh, in the spring as well to do so because it is it is a sight to behold for sure. I always like when um, when all of a sudden the uh, the kicker has to run on the field in like ten seconds and they play uh, the uh, ice, ice, I, yeah, yeah the the uh, the pressure song and I was joking with Emmett Carpenter one time because he caught uh, the very first couple years of, of PJ's uh, time when they would do that and I'm like can you hear if you hear that song on the radio he's like yeah I still get the butterflies man you yeah. know can you think about that song comes on and all the pressures put on those kickers and everyone runs out and he's counting down and either make or miss yeah and we we, you know one of those situations we call that our bonsai where we might have to rush the field goal unit onto the field uh you know our philosophy is probably won't have to use it but what if it what if a game to go to the Big Ten Championship comes down to that operation. Right. We're going to be prepared for it. Yeah. And we train it every single day. And even if not, it applies a pressure, a oh, organized sure. pressure on for everybody, sure. right? Yes. It, mean- it just applies, you know, all eyes on the kicker. And, and, you know, that's why we've seen success at the kicker position just, you know, 
Yeah. If the whole team's watching, you know, you got to make it. No doubt. All right. Well, hey, let's talk some food. Let's um, do it. Let, let's do that. So my first question about that is what, uh, how'd you get interested in like, hey, I want to go to restaurants and I want to eat and I want to make it an event and maybe grade it in the back of my mind how good this food is at this particular spot? You know, I, I think just growing up being a bigger kid, I was always eating, always <laughs> hungry. And, you know, I was always a, quote, grown boy. So just food in, in general was something that was always around me and and my mom growing up was a phenomenal cook and she still is always cooking for me always trying new things and that's just what really got me into food and and I, I'm, I'm, my father's from Cuba, so I just have that ethnic background, that different culture background where I like to try new things mm-hmm. and, and experience new cultures and the foods that they have to offer. So traveling around at a young age, seeing different places, trying new foods is, is just really what made me fall in love with food. And, you know, to this day, I'm, I'm still just eating like crazy. So <laughs> That's awesome. So um, you got to Minnesota. And when you got here, it's a pretty good eating town. There's For good sure. restaurants, right? Some of the best. I think there's a restaurant that just was named the restaurant of the year nationally here. In yeah, town, it was. Right? I think it was Owami. Yeah, um, it's a Native American restaurant that opened up this last year, and and I've been there. It's awesome spot. They were just named the best new restaurant of the year by James Beard. So that was exciting for them. Yeah, for sure. So you get to town and you're like, hey, you know what? This is a good eating town. I like to eat. Uh, I like to go out. Uh, So you just kind of started pecking away at a list, right? Just pecking away. And, you know, I love the Reader's Digest, the Twin Cities Eatery, where I can just go through the top 100 restaurants and just start chopping away at that list and just go into different spots and and trying new things and bringing friends along too. You know, I, I got to give a lot of credit to a lot of the guys tagging along. I'm like, oh, you want to you go to this spot? They're like, what is that? I'm like, come on, it'll be good. <laughs> so I got to give a lot of credit to them. And and then also Garrett Chernoff, our general yeah. manager. Um, well, I, he comes from a food background too, uh, Yes, right? he yeah. comes from a huge food background. It's the Chicago boys, I guess. Yeah. But um he 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 beats me. You know, I'll be like, "Oh, have you been here? I'm going to I'm going to go to this place." Like, "Oh, I already been." I'm like, "Oh." You know, yeah. so there's very few times where I've actually beat him to a spot and so I give a lot of credit to him cuz he's always steering me in the right direction and I'm pointing spots for him too. So, it's a little fun relationship yeah. that we have with, He's he's with given me some uh, some tips too on some different places. He, sure. he knows what he's doing for sure. Um how, can you estimate or guesstimate how many restaurants you've been to in Minnesota? So, I keep a collection so you, on, you you track it i i track and and i wish i would have started i started doing it about halfway through my sophomore year and i went back and got and my list is like at 98 and that's not places like around dinky town like my normal spots those are like the unique spots that i've been to once twice 98 so 98 is what my list is at so you're two off 100 Two off a hundred. I guarantee you, I'm over a hundred. I, I wish I I wish I would have started freshman year, and I probably missed a few, but definitely well over a hundred restaurants in the Twin Cities. It's amazing, area. and a lot of good food. So, have you come up? Have you have you kind of graded and said, "Here are my favorites." So I have, and uh, you know, I came up with my list of top ten, and and this was a very difficult list. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there was I had to include two honorable mentions just because ten wasn't enough. You couldn't cut it at ten. I couldn't cut it at ten, and uh, <laughs> I tried to put one restaurant at each different type of food, different ethnical background type of food. And here, I'll give you, I'll give you my top 10. I'll yeah, start, let's hear it. All I'll start right. at we need a 10. drum roll almost, yeah, right? I'll start at number 10. And I, I had to go with a Lucy, a Juicy Lucy place because yeah. I feel like if I'm giving Twin Cities food and there's yeah. no Juicy Lucy on here, you know, like, let's just You end might this. lose credibility. I might yeah. lose credibility. Let's just end this now. So I went with number 10 was Matt's Bar. And okay. I don't know if you've ever been. I have not, believe it or not. I've been here 16, almost 17 years. 
and have not been there. Yeah, you're, you're going to have to go kind of embarrassing to say, yeah. Well, I, I actually wrote down a few of the places that I haven't been that's embarrassing. As, as a Minnesota foodie, if you were to tell somebody I haven't been there, so I got a few of those. We'll hit that later. But, yeah, Matt's Bar, incredible. Yeah. Juicy Lucy. You like Juicy Lucy's? I love Juicy yeah, Lucy's. Okay. I think it's a great twist on a burger. Okay. You know, just a, a plain boring burger. Yeah. No, let's, let's, let's stuff some cheese inside, yeah. but, you know, for sure. At number nine, I had to go with the local place, Shuang Chang. Um, oh, oh, right up the road. Right up the road, We're yes. recording from Athletes Village. In fact, uh, it, people, you just got done taking your headshot for, what, the media guide or something, right? Yep. Before you came over to, to record with us. So just down the street from here. It's about three blocks Really away. good spot. Great daily special. Yes, great daily special. The lunch special is like 10 bucks, and, yeah. you know, it could feed you for two yeah. meals. So yeah. now I love Shuang Chang, and I think it's the best Chinese in, in all the Twin Cities. At number eight, I got Panito, Panita Taco Plus. Very small place right right off Lake Street. Very small taco place, but I think it's the most authentic tacos that you can get in the cities. I've not been there. And uh, I'll, uh, first time I went there, I got the large burrito. And I'm telling you, this thing is the size of a basketball. Oh, my and, gosh. And, when, and they cut it in half, and they fold and they wrap it up twice, and they gave me the bag. And I'm like, oh man, they gave me they gave me two burritos. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I only ordered one burrito, but they gave me two burritos. I'm like, no. They're like, no, no, no. That's the large burrito. So literally, I'm telling you, I thought I had two burritos, and that's like ten bucks too. Holy you can't cow. can't beat it. Can't beat it. At number seven, I got Handsome Hog. Okay, it's a southern uh, barbecue, you know, comfort food type place in St. Paul. Great food, and they got a pork chop there, a smoked pork chop that I swear is three inches thick, Holy and it's like cow. eating just a big old piece of ham. Yeah. So that's that's that place you got to try as well. Number six, Revival. Okay. Yep, I've heard that. I, that's on a list for sure. Yeah, that's they got that's a churn off uh, recommendation. Yeah, yeah. churn off sent me there, and that they got multiple locations. I think three locations in the Twin Cities, and and that's another Southern comfort soul food type place. Uh, you know they're. Their chicken and waffles is phenomenal. Yeah. And, and then they got mac and cheese, shrimp and grits, things like that, just that are going to fill up your belly and make you yeah. feel good afterwards. <laughs> Number five, I got Smack Shack. Yeah. I've been there. Love Lob- Smack Lobster Shack. rolls. Lobster Strong. rolls. Strong. Yes. Strong. And then they got the, I love the appetizer. It's the, like the Cajun shrimp that they yeah. bring out warm and you know, dunk it in a little bit of butter. And- have you gotten one of those tower things that they serve? I have not. Yeah, we were there one night with an event. So, uh, you know, it's always better when someone else is paying. For so sure. that was good. They brought a couple of those towers out. It was incredible. Different I'll have to give, that, have seafood, to give yeah. that a shot next yeah. time I'm there. Yeah, uh, that's a good spot. Number four, had to go Manny's Steakhouse. Yeah. Everybody knows Manny's Steakhouse. It's an Steakhouse. experience. It too, is an right? experience. Yeah. You know, they're bringing out the trays full of the meats, the different cuts. Uh, you know, we're always bringing the recruits there because you think, you know, Minneapolis, yeah. you think Steakhouse. Yeah. You go right to Manny's. For sure. Number three, Billy Sushi. Okay. It's a new it's a newer spot open during COVID in twenty twenty, but it's really fresh sushi. Uh it's right over there in North Loop and they have multiple different cuts of like the tuna maguro, which is hard to get and it's very expensive, but it's like the finest cuts of a tuna. So I have to go there for best sushi spot. Number two, Bar La Grassa. Mm-hmm. Then you know that's turn off like that one too. Yeah, that's his actually that's his number his one. His number one. Right? Yeah, so he'll probably be mad that I put it at. That's number Italian, two. correct? That's Italian. That's yeah. your classic Italian. Yeah. You know, they have a phenomenal meatball, they have great pastas, all that. You know, they bring out the bread. So Bar La Grassa number two, and then number one, it's a smaller place, but I have to go El Cubano. And you know, I I mentioned earlier that my dad is from Cuba, so. When I came up here, there wasn't a whole lot of Cuban spots, and that place actually opened my sophomore year. And you know, I was like, oh, "I'll go, I'll go give it a shot." And and the owner is actually from Havana, Cuba, where my father's from. Wow. So, 
we were able to connect on that level. And when I go there all the time, I'm able to kind of just reminisce of home, you know, the Cuban food my mom used to cook, you know, when we'd go down to Miami to visit my great grandma, all the Cubans down there, it's food that just takes me back yeah. in a little bit of a time travel. And, you know, I'm able to experience it right down the road in St. Paul. So that's why that place had to go with my number one. And that's a good spot. Um, so have you been to Twins games? They have the Tony O uh, Cuban sandwich at the Twins game. I have not had that. I'll have to give it a shot. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's the Tony O's Cuban the sandwich. Tony, Tony I'll put that on my List. It's just a normal Cuban, right? You got like the pulled pork and the, the ham, ham, ham and then cheese and mustard. Cheese, and, mustard, pickle. Yeah, yep. It's good. It's oh, pretty perfect. good. Yeah, if Press you get to Target hot. Field, try that, baby. Yeah, Tony sure. O's. Anything with Tony O's is going to be good, right? Awesome. I mean, good yeah. deal. So those are your top 10. You had two honorable mentions as I did well. have two honorable mentions. My first one is Anamale's Barbecue. I don't know. It's uh, it's in the Northeast neighborhood, and it's, it's literally a food truck, but they're only open in the summer. But they put out phenomenal. It's, it's like a Mexican style barbecue, but it's phenomenal. And you go, so it's a food truck. They have a nice outdoor seating area, almost like a park. You go out there on a Friday afternoon, the line is an hour long. Everybody's hanging out. People got the dogs. It's a great time. So I had to give that place. And then the next one is Mara. And it actually just opened up in the Four Seasons, uh, literally two weeks ago. Yeah. And so I was able to get steel reservation to get in there. You know, the second day it opened. So I had to give that one an honorable mention just because it hasn't been open for a while, but it's a great addition to the cities um, at the new Four Seasons right in downtown Minneapolis. And they got Mediterranean-style food and phenomenal there as well. Man, so you've got you've got quite the list. You've got a big uh, background. So I am uh, kind of a, a old-school steak guy. So Murray, uh, Manny's, I like Murray's. Yep, Have you been, been to Murray's? Murray's good. Uh, Mancini's in St. Paul, like that's that's old-school. Never looking. been there. you got to try that one. So that's an old-school Almost looks like a gangster hangout. Awesome. Really good steaks. Really good food. Um, they've got a they've got a sports hall of fame in the restaurant. Oh, that's all that's the St. Paul like Joe Mauer. Oh and, yeah. You know Ray Hitchcock. He's yeah, around, I know Ray He's Hitchcock. in that hall of fame. Awesome. Yeah, uh, he's a big Mancini's guy. Um, and then Jack's Cafe. If you tried Jack's, I've not tried. So Jack's. that's that's where we had used to have the goal, and we, we still may the Goal Line Club luncheons, the go okay. for football people. So uh, those are two recommendations to try Mancini's. And Jacks, you'll love Perfect. them both. Yeah, good steaks, good good overall food. In fact, in the summer, I don't know if they still do it. Jacks used to have a, a little uh, like a brook in the background where you could actually catch a, a trout. And then they'd cook Give it, it to for the you. chef. Yeah, they'd, they'd cook it, it up for you. So, uh, those, those are just a couple of, of spots, but there's so many good places to eat. Like you're at 98, and I think that's a you know a big number. But you could you could do another 98 and still not be half. Oh, for probably, sure. There's right? just so many spots around here, and you just look at the community of Minneapolis and St. Paul. There's just so many people coming together and sharing and food. And you know when we talk about food, that's people coming together, yeah. breaking bread. So that's that's really reason I love it. And you know, Minneapolis and St. Paul, the Twin Cities is a perfect area for it. And then you also, you guys also get the training tables where they bring you food. Um, do you have your favorite uh, place that brings you food for the team? Ooh, that's tough. Oh, man. I, I, I got to go Tony's Diner. Yeah. You know, the, it, I got to give a shout out to the local Dinky Town spot. And he's he's been, such a good dude. Too. Such a good dude. And he's <laughs> just been supporting Gopher Athletics. And he's got a variety of things, breakfast served all day. So I got to give a shout out to Tony's yeah. Diner because he just does such a great job with serving Gopher sports. For sure. No doubt. We uh, When I go by there, we I'll eat there occasionally when I'm on campus as well. And then you always see some student athletes going in there. And then I, you know, we see him at, at different events where he's catering for the team, uh, the training table and such. So that's pretty cool as well. So I got to ask you, totally offside. Subject. And if um, you know if you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to. But you mentioned your dad was of Cuban descent. Was he born in Cuba? Yeah, so he was born in Cuba, and he came over when he was about 
three or four years old. Wow. In the mid 1960s, yeah. So he he's been here. My parents met at co- college in uh, at Indiana University, and you know he's been living in Chicago with the family ever wow. since. So does sometimes you have this weird, unique story of how you you know kind of had to escape from Cuba? Does he have a a, a strange story? Or yeah. So actually, actually, he does. So my grandfather, his dad, and then my great uncle, my my father's uncle were actually involved in the in the Castro government and uh they were they helped Castro get to power during the Cuban revolution you know the campaign was built on you know freeing the people of tyranny and uh once Castro finally came to power kind of went back on his word uh you know started working with the Russians uh became co- you know went full communism and uh that wasn't what my grandfather and great uncle were about so my great uncle was one of the leaders in the Bay of Pigs, worked with the United States government to actually work to overthrow Castro. And uh, my great uncle was captured, put in front of a firing squad. But my grandfather was, you know, he said, oh, no, 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 I'm loyal. But he was still, you know, anti-Castro, anti-government. And they were high up in the government, too. These weren't just, you know, low-level government officials. They were very high up. And... Uh, then my dad was able, or my grandpa was able to, you know, work a plan out. The CIA knew about it. They were able to somehow get on a plane and escape with my dad, his sister, and and my grandmother. And once they got here, you know, they were, uh, you know, the CIA was waiting for them at the airport, and uh, they were tracked for like five years to make sure they weren't, you know, communists. And uh, they grew up in Lexington, Kentucky, and you know, wow. fulfilled the American dream ever since then. That's incredible. So. If I'm hearing it, so your your great uncle was was shot in a firing squad. Shot in a firing squad. His name was Umberto Sorimarin, and if you look him up, he's got a full Wikipedia page. He was one of the big leaders in just the anti-Castro regime, and uh, yeah, he was captured, killed. You know, and my grandpa was able to escape. You know, after that, and, you, so, and he, so he brought your dad. Your dad was three or four years old. Dad was three or four. His sister was one or two. They were very little. Wow. And uh, yeah, and then they came here and, you know, fell in love with the United States and lived out the American dream. And here we are. So they were in Lexington. Then your dad went to school at Indiana. Yep. Went to school at Indiana. Met your mom yep. and settled in Chicago. Yep. Because my mom grew up in Chicago, um, Oak Forest neighborhood. They met at school, came back here and or came back to Chicago and, you know, the rest is history. Man, that so that, that could be a whole uh, podcast in and of oh, itself. Oh, yeah. No, it's very yeah. interesting. And if you actually look up the Wikipedia page, it's like, it's it's pretty detailed. You know, like he, Umberto, my great uncle, like stormed the beach with arms and explosives, was like captured by Castro police and military and yeah it's, it's very interesting holy cow uh, so you had probably uh your grandpa had some great stories i would think yeah and he unfortunately passed when i was at a young age so a lot of the stories come from you know my dad and just things on the internet because if you look up the name you know half of it's football half of it's you yeah. know uh cold war stuff so and then you know, my great-grandma, she actually just passed away this May. Uh, she was 101 years old, and she had incredible stories as well from Cuba. And, you know, she lived out a great life. And that was actually the last uh, family member that my dad had living in, you know, super close. He's got cousins, things like that, but really super close family member that he had living in Miami. So, you know, it was, it's cool because each year we would go down there, spend time, spend a whole week in Miami, 
you know, kind of just living out in little Havana, little Cuba. Now there are um, there are trips sometimes that you can take to Cuba. Has your dad ever been back? Family's never been to, back. It, it might, it, I mean, they could be in danger. Oh yeah. So right? my, I got the same name as my grandpa, same name as yeah. my dad, and you know, we're we were technically considered traitors for, for you know, leaving the government, leaving the country. So I've never been back. I really want to go back. I know my dad does as well, but he he says we got to wait a little bit longer. <laughs> you know, just for a little bit of a regime shift and you right. know, change in political environment. But no, I'd love to go back, and and that's 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 probably my number one destination dream is to go to Cuba and. And, you know, just experience what, you know, I've grown up hearing about. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate that the government is what it is because it's, you know, not a lot of people get to go see it. It's a beautiful country. It beautiful like. country. And, you know, the beaches are phenomenal there. You know, out in the Caribbean, phenomenal beaches, phenomenal landscape, mountains, things of that nature. But, you know, when the government's, you know, restricting and holding it down, it, it doesn't get its full value because it could be a tourist hotspot, but just limits, you know, their capabilities and access just from the government standpoint. What uh, have your parents done in terms of like, what, what do they do for a living and, and, uh, and from Indiana on to, to what they are up to? Yeah. Now? So my dad's a tax consultant. Uh, he's a partner at BDO and he's been doing that his whole life. Just, you know, consulting different firms on their tax policies, things like that. And then my mom's a marketing director, you know, publishing books, things like that yeah. uh, for lawyers and whatnot. But, yeah, no, they've been working in downtown Chicago their whole life. And, you know, they're getting to that age where they're getting ready to retire. And, you know, all the kids are out of the house. So it's <laughs> it's work and coming to go for football games and things like that. Yeah. Have they missed any of your games? Have not missed a single game. So. All the way back probably all, to youth, right? Yep. I mean, I can I can date back to youth. Parents have been at every single game, and then college, they're at every single game. You know, that's awesome. Every go for March, you know, I I can I know where they'll be. They'll be in the mid mid section on the right. And my mom always texts me, "I'll be on the right." I'm like, I know where you're going to be. <laughs> yeah, man. every every time. Yep, right? and, every time. And grandparents as well. My sister as well. They're always there. And were they supported. athletic or an athletes as well? So my dad played a little bit of baseball. Mom did various sports throughout high school, but never really fully at a highly competitive level and then my sister was a really good softball player had opportunities to to play in college um chose not to just because you know for personal reasons she's she's going to be she's a biomedical researcher a pharmaceutical researcher in madison wisconsin actually so that's that's another tough spot for her <laughs> because you know she's she's like one and only that's got the gopher gear hanging yeah. off her balcony of her apartment and it's a perfect stop for my parents because when they drive up for game days from chicago they stop right in madison sure. and pick her up yeah um yeah so that's them and they're fully supportive so i just love them and appreciate them to death how did you get interested in football I don't know. I mean, I was always a huge Bears fan. Yeah. Huge Brian Urlacher fan. And at a young age, I remember uh, I was like, I just want to play football. And I remember mom's like, oh, let's start him off in flag. And I'm like, I don't want to do flag. And third, <laughs> third grade came around. I'm like, I want to play tackle football. And, you know, the age to start in Illinois is, is fourth grade. And I'm like, I want to start this year. And, you know, we looked at the weights and I was like, already heavy for the fourth grader so yeah. i'm like when i was like let's do it let's sign him up and you know have fallen in love since and here you are um were they hoosier fans then like indiana hoosier fans yeah they were hoosier fans went to some hoosier games growing up but you know they've put that all aside and yeah maroon and gold now did indiana recruit you at all a little bit not a whole lot um you know, did a camp there, but like I said, I you know I didn't have a whole lot of interest coming out of high school. Just didn't play sophomore and junior year because of injuries. And you know, Coach Fleck was one of the 
very few schools to take a chance on me and you know the rest is history and I fell in love with this place and wouldn't wouldn't want to do it any other way what do you think he saw in you you know when coach flex recruiting you know sometimes he he's not looking at the stars he's he's looking at the person are they going to be a fit for our team and you know I think the leadership capabilities and you know they saw I could move and you know was going to put on size and things like that and you know they're going to be a perfect fit for the for the defense and you know, stopping the run, and that's what Big Ten football is about. So I think he saw that and just, you know, fell in love with him, and, you know, here I am now. Providence Catholic High School, right? Providence Catholic High School. We got a couple couple Celtics. Couple, right? so yeah, we got myself and then Jameson Gears. So yeah. hopefully we can keep the pipeline keep alive. Keep that pipeline going, no doubt. Uh, Mokina, Illinois. Mokina, Illinois. Uh, how far is that from the downtown Chicago? So it's about a 35-minute drive. We're southwest suburb. Um yeah, it's about 35, and then if you hit the Chicago traffic, you can get an hour drive. Chicago, so. Chicago traffic's brutal sometimes. Oh, yeah. Ask Josh Arnie about the Chicago traffic. When he drove down <laughs> in May, he couldn't believe it. He's like, yeah, I'm like six miles away from the Airbnb, but it says 45 minutes. I'm like, yep, yep, that yeah. sounds about right. Yeah, you caught it at the wrong time. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> That's pretty good. So um, Chicago restaurants, what, yes. do, you, do you have some uh, You have some uh, picks there for us? Yeah, I got a whole lot there. And okay. I'll start with a few of the chains that actually have come and you know expanded yeah. out into the Minneapolis area. I, mean, I got to go Portillo's. You know, yeah, you right. think Chicago. There's think, a couple now here. Yes, right? we got two restaurants um, uh, that have opened up. I think there's one in the works to open up. I'm not sure which city, but there'll be a third one in Minnesota here coming soon. And you know, you talk about Italian beef and Chicago yeah. style hot dogs with the entire garden on top and. You know, charbroiled burgers. That's that's a spot to be, and that's kind of like our our Culvers to the yeah. you know to the Wisconsin's and you know Portillos. They're everywhere now, and and they've been bought by an investment firm, so they're just expanding like crazy, which is awesome because I love to see you know the Chicago yeah. food just going across the country. Right. Yeah. Anything else? What else you got? I'll, I'll give Lumo Nadi's Pizza a shout out. Yeah. Um, you know. That's probably what the listeners love to hear is the Lumel Natties. And when we actually go to Northwestern games, Coach Fleck treats the team. Each player gets a Lumel Natties yeah. pizza sitting there waiting for us. After Even the, the radio game. guy gets Even one. the radio yeah. guy gets a pizza. Yeah, no, and everybody loves it. And you talk about the Chicago deep dish, Lumel Natties is, is the fan favorite. Yeah. And there's actually a different style of Chicago pizza that not a lot of people know about, and that's my personal favorite. I love the deep dish, but the tavern-style pizza, yeah. how it originated was, you know, at the old taverns, at the bars, they would just set out an entire pizza. And instead of cutting it in, like, the big triangles that everybody's used to, they would cut it in small squares. So a square is about, you know, two by two inches, yeah. just so you could snack on it at the end of the bar, and that was the bar's treat. And it was to, a thinner crust? A thinner crust, yes. Like thicker cheese, you know, thick uh, – sauce lay on but thinner crust and you know my favorites is Aurelio's, uh beggars palermo's those are my three favorite that come to mind and they have the best tavern style pizza yeah sweet now so when we go um when we because for football we always go out the radio crew and some other sports information staff will oftentimes the night before friday go to eat and we've been to uh it was a turnoff suggestion garrett and now i forget the name of it It was right where we stay because we don't stay in downtown when we go for football yeah so um, when we're playing northwestern we're more on the north side of yeah the city. and i can't remember the name of it it was fine but for basketball sometimes so um obviously like the gold standard it seems is gibson's right yes uh in downtown you have you been there for steak yeah for steak? yeah 
yeah, yeah. Gibson's is a spot for steak. Yeah. And that's usually where my parents actually take me. You know, I'm home for three weeks in May and got to head back to school. We'll we'll go to Gibson's yeah. for a nice final dinner before before they send me off again. See, so. even even me at like uh, 51 years old now, I have to slowly save up cash for that because I can't let my wife see that on the credit card bill because it it can be a little. Pricey oh, it adds up. Chicago. It adds yeah. up for sure. And and I'm all about spending money on the experience. Yeah. You know, I'm, no I'm doubt. not I'm not no going to buy the shoes. I'm not going to buy you know material things i'm all about the experience things yeah. that you know i can get joy in and remember you know going um, down the road. have you been to the erie cafe i have not so that's a spot that i was tipped off to by a friend of mine that lives there uh she used to work at a radio station in town so uh we went there and spencer tollickson who does basketball with me and uh, dan Riesig, who used to be the sports information guy we would go there a couple times great mushrooms the staff is awesome they wear those robes kind of yep. like manny's yep. and, uh the steak has always been good so that that's a spot you should try sometime right, the erie cafe the put that on the list um and then what about the chicago dogs are you a chicago dog fan? i am a chicago dogs there's so many spots and and usually the places that have the best Chicago dogs aren't you know a place with a name. It's the it's the truck that's sitting outside right. uh, the Cubs game or just the little the Maxwell Street dogs. It's open twenty four seven on the side of the expressway where you know you can go at four in the morning or you can go at four in the afternoon and there's going to be a, a line down the block. So th- those smaller places have the best dogs and. And you know, no ketchup, right? No ketchup. Can't have you ketchup on the ketchup. Chicago. Yeah, dog. Thomas Rush. He doesn't understand it. We go to Portillo's. He puts, he puts ketchup on his hot dog, and I'm like, you can't do that. And he doesn't understand why. And I'm like, all right, we'll see when you come to Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Ask for ketchup at Gene and Jude's. That's another spot yeah. that's really popular. Ask for ketchup, and they'll laugh at you. They just they'll, look they'll, at they'll you like, they're like, not, we don't not have from ketchup. here. We not don't have here. ketchup here. <laughs> and then uh, the the little celery salt. The celery right? salt. Yeah. So you got here. Let's see if I can figure it out. We got. We got the cucumber or the pickle. You got tomato. You got the sport pepper. You got, let's see, you got the celery salt. And it has to be a poppy seed bun. And then it has to be a Vienna beef dog. I feel like I'm missing something. Mustard, obviously. Mustard. And then sometimes there's the the relish, too. Yes, yes. That's the the neon relish. Yes, that's the last one. And and at Wrigley they do they do now have some where they're just it's Chicago style only right oh yeah, yeah. no like you you if you go up to the to the stand and you say oh I'll just have a I'll have a dog well, yeah it's it's expected that that's what comes on it right or you got to say I'll have a dog with everything that they know exactly what you mean and, what what's on your to do list now here in the Twin Cities yeah so, so I, I've added spots. a few yeah so I've added a few and. You know, it's a little embarrassing that I haven't been to them because you look at, you know, Twin Cities Foods, it's like, how have you not been here? The first one is the Nook in St. Paul. And, you know, that's a classic place. Uh, Juicy Lucy's, and I've never been. And it's a little embarrassing. I have not either. I've I've gone there about two or three times to actually eat, but the line, it's like like a two-hour wait. And it's like, (laughs) one of these days, I'm I'm just going to bring my folding chair and sit out there and and do the wait because I know it's worth it. And, you know, I'm talking with Josh Ani, a St. Paul native. You know, he says that's the spot to be. Uh, Another one is Colita. That's more towards the Adina neighborhood, but that's a Mexican-style barbecue Mm -hmm. as well. It's... It's gaining a lot of popularity. And then the last one is Psycho Susie's. That's another like famous name. I've not heard of that I've one, just, yeah. Psycho Susie's Motor Lounge. It's never never been, but I know it's a really popular spot for, for Minnesota people. Yeah, for sure. So you got a few of those. Um, one that just popped into my head that Daryl Thompson always recommended is uh, J.D. Hoyt's. Oh, J.D. Hoyt's, yeah. yeah we, we go there. I love J.D. Hoyt's. Um, 
We go there every year as a team, actually. Yeah. And that's just the small, that's a classic supper club yeah. spot, right? Old school look. Old yeah. school, yeah. So we, we the team goes there every year during fall camp, and that's actually one of Garrett Chernow's top five, I'm pretty sure. Loves J.D. Hoyts. No, that's just a classic spot where you can get a nice big steak, yeah. get the potatoes, the vegetables. Their pork chop, too. Like They have that fire thing in the corner, and they'll throw a bunch of pork chops on there. Oh, yeah, and you just, just see that smoke. It's yeah. just awesome, yeah. Yeah, no, I love J.D. For sure. Um, and I'm sure we're going to get, like, when this gets tweeted out, people are going to and say, well, how about this one and this one? And that's the beauty of food. Oh, for is sure. We'll get some suggestions, and I'm sure there'll be some restaurant people like, why didn't they mention my restaurant? We apologize to anybody we missed. I but, know. I wish I know. could. We, we'd sit here for hours yeah. and hours, and I could just sit here and go through. Like I said, I've been to 100 <laughs> different ones, and they're all phenomenal. Yeah, it all really phenomenal. is. It's hard to get a bad meal. I mean, you might catch somebody on an off night, fine, but there's so many good places. Oh, so many good spots. And and they and the chefs, they put passion into their food, and that's what makes it so exciting because it's it's their own little flair. They're an artist. You know, right. you talk about – you look at a football player, it's like, oh, he's got his own style of play. You look at a chef, they got their own style of cooking. No restaurant is the same from the next one, and that's what makes it exciting when you're going in, in there. You know, you can get burgers three nights in a row from a different spot, and you're going to get a different experience each time. No doubt. And then you've got, as you mentioned, that variety, that experience. And then as a football player, as you mentioned, you have to be – you have to be in top physical shape. You have to worry about nutrition. So how do you balance all of that when you're going out to a spot and you're like, okay, here's the menu and here's my goal to, to play good football. So how, how do you handle all that? Yeah, so I usually limit, you know, most of the time I'm eating, you know, at the facility, eating the things that are put in front of us just from my, you know, nutritional standpoint. But I like to make specific days, maybe if it's a Saturday night or, you know, our our relaxing days are on Wednesdays where we're doing Zen and yoga and things like that. Maybe I'll do lunch on a Wednesday and I, I, I time it up specifically where I can get a good hearty meal in and still be able to maintain what I, what I need to from the football standpoint. Yeah, that's awesome. Anything else on food or we need to let you go to, uh, to get to your next appointment? No, no. I mean, like I said, if, if when you guys hear this, you know, feel free to drop in the comments, the, the different spots. I'd love to try them and I can comment back if I've been. So yeah, Go ahead and drop them. That's what's fun about food. It's so it has been really fun. One, we we, we may need to do a, a separate podcast on your dad's background. That is, oh, for sure. I'm glad we got into it a little bit, but we need to maybe oh, yeah, uh, go so, dive a little deeper. Yeah, there's on so that. much that goes that, into that, and that's that's why I had to go with El Cubano at the number one. Yeah, it's just who I am. Well, and there, you were at the Outback Bowl. And oh, you, yes. right. You Ubered someplace. I remember like 50 miles away because yeah. it was a great Cuban spot. La Teresita and then Colombia were the two spots, and La Teresita was my favorite. Just the small diner you go in there, everybody's Cuban, and then you got the few tourists going in there, you know, looking to try the great food, and everybody's yelling Spanish. So that was my favorite. And I I think I Ubered there two or three times. It was it was a good it was a good hike, but I was like <laughs> I have to come back to this yeah, spot. So that's great. Now, do you speak Spanish too? I'm proficient in Spanish, yeah. not fully fluent, but I I can hold a, a conversation. Your and, dad speaks Spanish. Yeah, he's fluent in yeah, Spanish. That's awesome. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. So. It's it's hard when when they speak really fast. I can understand everything and I can hold the conversation, but when they start yelling and things like that, that's when it gets tough for me. Then you're just like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, hey man, it's awesome to uh, to get all this great info. Um, I, I'm glad that uh, uh, we got some food info out there. I, I didn't know you were a foodie. I'm glad to know it now, and uh, we'll have to uh, compare notes as the uh, season gets here. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Have a good one. There he is, Golden Gopher linebacker Mariano Sori Marin. How impressive is he? What a great example for the Golden Gopher football program. I hope you enjoyed our conversation on the Go Gopher podcast, episode number 24. 
The Go Gopher podcast is presented by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. We're also sponsored by State Farm agent Tony Hoagland. Brandon Morton is our producer and technical expert. Again, I'd invite you to listen to past podcasts, and please be sure to click the subscribe button right now to the Go Gopher podcast. It's absolutely free to listen at any time. And please share the link on your social media channels. We'll talk again next week.